All right, so hi everyone. Uh, my name is Tintam El Hawari, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Kinetic. Just a quick uh, summary of what Kinetic does. So Kinetic builds wearable devices to help reduce uh, workplace injuries, mostly for the industrial workforce. And recently we expanded the product to help protect workers during COVID uh, with contact tracing and proximity alerts. And I'm joined today by Cormac Gilligan, um, who is the global VP of environmental health and safety at PepsiCo. So, uh, Cormac, good to see you again. Hey, Hitham, thanks for having me. Yeah, Cormac Gilligan, I'm the, I'm the Vice President of Environmental Health and Safety for PepsiCo globally, um, responsible for safety, well-being, environmental protection of our um, 250,000 employees and, and um, 250 plus manufacturing locations around the world, in addition to offices, R&D, and so on and so forth. Um, so, I've been with PepsiCo now 14, almost 14 years um, in various parts of the world, but always leading um, EHS in some in some capacity. That's great. Sounds like a, sounds like a, an easy job, Cormac. <laughs> you have there uh, just 250,000 people. It's been, it's been fun. <laughs> so, Cormac, before we dive into uh, your experience with wearables and just your digitization strategy in general around EHS. Um, I, I really am curious to hear, like, how, how has your sort of day-to-day -day work changed since um, COVID-19 struck? So to give you a bit of a, an intro, you know, about what's, what's happening at my house. So, um, you know, my kid is mostly doing virtual uh, schooling. So I recently bought a book, which was called Science Experiments for Kids, um, which really led us down a rabbit hole. And so I've been, I've been doing wilder and wilder experiments with my five-year-old. And actually, my ceiling is sort of full of, um, the debris of like rockets <laughs> that we've made out of alka and, and other and other cool things. Um, curious very to cool. hear what your day to day is like. That's that's very cool. Yeah, I, I mean we've been lucky in that we our kids are a little bit older; they're teenagers, so they're they're more self uh, self sufficient. But yeah, I mean it's been interesting since since March. Obviously, everybody's working from home and. Um, you know, from from a from from our perspective, it's been uh, the technology has been phenomenal. It's worked brilliantly. I mean, even events like this, Hytham, where we're 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 doing virtual, you know, town halls, virtual meetings, virtual recordings. Um, but it's also it's also kind of you know, for me, the big the big thing has been the lack of travel, um, which has been fantastic to be honest. I mean, just being able to not have to worry about you know, traveling around different parts of the world and, and, you know, the toll that takes on you that you don't actually realize until you stop doing it. And then you you kind of see the value that you get out of not being constantly on the road. So so as we kind of look to, you know, step out of this or emerge out of, out of this pandemic, that's something I'm going to try and make sure we, you know, not just for me, but also for my team that we maintain a certain level of realism around how much do we really need to be traveling around the world i know i hear you i've uh, I've, I've found it really efficient to sort of have a 15 minute zoom meetings i think i'm going to short starbucks going forward and <laughs> just take, take all my meetings <laughs> virtually now um so so Cormac, thanks for that so you know really where i wanted to start is you know pepsico is is one of you know a handful of companies that have, have deployed sort of wearable devices uh within your safety area uh, you know, at a pretty good scale. And so what I wanted uh, you to maybe do is is just tell us a little bit about that journey and sort of how, how you got to the place of sort of deploying wearables 
and um, and how that sort of fits within a digitization strategy in general? Yeah, so um, so it kind of started for us with with um, our global strategy on EHS. We, we defined about three four years ago, and the vision for our strategy is beyond zero, pursue positive. So we wanted to set out a, a, a vision that kind of went beyond the traditional context of zero injuries. And so, how do you, you know, how do you develop programs and implement um, content for your frontline employees that really adds significant value to um, to their not just their core safety but their wellness agenda as well. So part of that for us was was looking at um, the digitalization. Part of our strategy, key plank of our strategy, was digitalization. So not just in terms of how we leverage data, our data platforms to report on a day-to-day basis, but what type of technology is out there or emerging technology is out there that we can go and scout for that could really help solve key problems that we're that we're facing. One of those problems was. Um, was ergonomics and, and continues to be. Um, it's a company like PepsiCo, a lot of lifting, a lot of manual handling, uh, twisting and turning, high-risk postures. Um, we've always done all of the traditional you know, ergonomics work and, and try and do as much as we possibly can. Um, but there was always something missing. It was always that kind of behavioral element that, that we never really tapped right into to... to, to create a sense of ownership in the, in the mind of the individual employee um, and help them, you know, uh, behave posturally in a different way. Um, and so, so that's where, that's where, that was our starting point was we had this strategic plank in our strategy. We started looking for the technology. We, we, we found uh, we had a problem to solve, right, for sure. Um, and then you know we, we we were able to connect with with uh, Kinetic and with 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 you guys. Yeah, no, that's great. And and what I remember when we first had those conversations was that you talked about sort of your experience with fleet telematics, right? And how you know it started sort of putting devices in vehicles, but then it very much became about the data, right? And that's what we sort of found with with the wearables that we deploy is that you know at the beginning it's about the device and will people wear it. Uh, but it rapidly becomes about the data, right, and the decisions you can make around the data. So we'd love to hear, you know, what your prior experiences were that sort of led led to um, being able to sort of engage with wearables and sort of, you know, wholeheartedly there. Yeah, I mean, you know, the whole telematics play for us was massive, you know, and and, and that was a, a game changer in our overall EHS agenda. Um, you know, it started as a, you know, as a safety play, but rapidly became a sustainability play and a, sales play and, and everything else because the data is so so rich and so meaningful in so many different ways that it allowed us to, to go and look at look at all of the data coming from our telematics programs and slice it and dice it and and and, and use the in the analytics and insights in, in different ways. And um, so you know the to your point Ivan the the Telematics work started as you know a big effort to get all of these units installed and trucks in, in our in our fleet, um, and you know that then rapidly became okay. That's not the game. The game here is the data, and how do you use the data to influence driver behaviors? Um, it's it came to you know when a police officer stops you and asks you you know what speed you were doing, and um, there's always a, a I wasn't speeding type of conversation. Whereas with the telematics, that conversation doesn't happen. 
it's it's the data and the data is the data um and and it becomes really really powerful um to be able to capture and correlate that big data because you've got massive amounts of data being uploaded to the cloud on a minute by minute basis um, and it's incredibly powerful from an organizational point of view to be able to take that data analyze it very very quickly and put those insights into the hands of a supervisor who may have 10 15 drivers working for for them put that data into their hands so that they can then go and have those coaching conversations or those counseling conversations or those congratulatory conversations um, with those drivers based on that data um, and, and, it, and it's, it's very very powerful and it's step changed completely our our overall view and on, on our safety performance from a fleet safety point of view um, so then if you transfer that then so that was our first kind of experience with with big data and digitalized um, solutions like this um, and so and we've been toying with other other kind of ideas like bodysuits and, and exoskeletons and things like that. Um, but the, the, the ergo wearables was the next kind of big space that we stepped into in this regard. And it's exactly the same. It's, 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 it's an easier deployment for sure, but the, the data, the power and the, the richness of the data that we get from a, an individual location or an individual shift about the nature of the high-risk postures, when they were occurring, how they were occurring, um, was just incredibly insightful for us. Um, and it gives us the basis to go and actually do a number of things. It, 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 allows, it allows us to engage with the employees in a way that we haven't before, which is them telling you know, them wearing the device, right? And rather than us telling them, you're not, you need to bend your knees or you're not lifting properly, you know, the device does all of that. Um, and, and so rapidly the employees started to feel that this is not a, this is not a supervisory type of um, intervention. This is a technology intervention that's really helping them think differently. So the haptic and able feedback, the vibration occurs, they stop. Think about, you know, what were they doing and is there something they can do differently? And so the connected, the stacked win for us in that regard is that then they're having conversations with us about, well, why at that particular time I have to adopt a high-risk posture? And can we redesign the work or can we redesign the process? And that redesign suggestion is coming from the employee, not coming from us. So you've got culture change happening then at the same time, which is incredibly powerful, right? All off the back of a simple device with, with key data. So, uh, so Cormac, so after that experience of sort of deploying fleet telematics, um, if you could talk a little bit about what it was like to sort of deploy wearable devices to sort of improve, you know, worker biomechanics, um, you know, in your manufacturing facilities. Yeah, so, um, so as I said, the telematics was kind of our first foray into the whole world of digitalized uh, data. And so um, the, the Ergo wearables was, was our second real foray into that space. Um, and, and, you know, much easier deployment, I would say, overall, because it's, you know, it's, it's less technical, it's, it's, it's a wearable, it's, it's much easier to, to manage and to deploy. Um, the, um, the impact that, that, that it's had, though, is, has been, you know, three, four, five-fold. I mean, so it starts off with us as a way of trying to solve for those traditional ergonomic risks that we, that we see and that 
drive some of our worker compensation costs. But then it becomes, you know, the, the employees, it becomes an employee engagement exercise because they like the device, they want to wear the device. Um, where we started these off as a pilot, um, the idea was we were going to take the devices back after 12 weeks and, and the employees were like, no, you're not, no, you're not taking them back. Um, which is always a great win from a, from an employee, employee relations point of view. But also they were, you know, where, where the data was giving us the insights into particular times of a shift or particular, uh, locations in a, in a, in a plant or in a distribution center. And that was allowing us to go back then and engage with those employees and ask the questions about why and identify work-related issues, process issues, or work design issues that then allows us to kind of work through the redesign of those with the employee. And in most cases, those solutions were coming from the employee, which is always what you want from a, from a, a risk reduction point of view, is the employees telling you what the best way of mitigating the risk is. Um, and so fundamentally what you have going on in the background is something that starts as a digitized analytics tool, which fundamentally starts driving culture change for you. Um, and that's incredibly powerful. And that's something we've never had before with, with, um, with our Ergo program. You know, you sort of mentioned fleet telematics before. Like one of the things we've heard is that, you know, deploying wearables is almost like telematics for the worker or telematics for the body, right? Where ultimately you're, you're collecting data about how the body's moving. Um, you're trying to understand when when a worker's putting themselves at risk and if they can mitigate that. Um, so, so absolutely, there's a lot lot of parallels in those. Um, of course, with you know with wearables and asking workers to actually wear these devices, um, you know, it's it's I, you know the hardest thing generally is just you know having them accept it, having them um, you know trust that you're going to use the data in the right way. Do you have any experience around sort of just worker acceptance and, and um, what the experience has been like just, you know, getting the workers to wear it um, so you can get the benefits from the device? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's people generally have concerns, increasing concerns about, you know, technology and what, you know, we, we see it with, with, you know, contact tracing technology for, for COVID-19 people are reluctant to allow, their private cell phones be used and so on. And it's not that dissimilar, right? It's, it's are you going to use this device to supervise me? Are you going to use it to, to counsel me? Is it going to be a productivity play? Um, and I think, you know, for, for us, our approach to it have been, has been very much sit down and have a very transparent, open conversation. Um, I've never met anybody who's ever wanted to come to work deliberately to get injured. So, you know, once people understand that this is an investment that we're making as an organization to help improve your work experience and, you know, if there's a productivity gain on the output of this, that's, a, that's, a, that's an additional output. The primary objective here is to, is to make sure we're not hurting and injuring, um, injuring people. Um, and so I, I think, you know, it, it becomes a fa- an element of trust then, Nathan, as well, right? So... You know, it depends on your organizational culture. And um, I think, you know, thankfully in PepsiCo, we have a very, you know, transparent, proactive culture. And and people recognize that we're always trying to do something different, something additional to drive uh, better performance, better safety performance. Um, and so when we piloted, the results were incredibly, incredibly powerful. Um, and like I said, people were reluctant to, you know, 
you are you guys are happy because we need more devices because you know we we thought we were going to be able to rotate them but we're not we're not going to be able to do that you know you sort of mentioned the impact on culture and, and you know our experience is you know, at the beginning Cormac, i think i told you that we we started calling on companies that had the highest injury rates and we're like well these these are the folks that need this technology the most because they have incredibly high injury rates their workers are getting you know injured left right and center it turns out that those aren't the people that want the product. Um, yeah. the, the folks that yeah. want the product are people who have great safety cultures already. And this is really sort of the next step in that in that process of, of really, you know, getting injuries down to zero and helping prevent, um, you know, exposure to risk. So, um, so yeah, it's been very interesting to see that, that it's sort of counterintuitive, right? As as uh, yeah. people with you find that you find that even with 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 organizations. So organizations that have good, strong EHS cultures or quality cultures, you know, will consi- will consistently look for. They're they're also the ones that tend to financially perform well and and be innovative and and, and creative. You know, um, and you know, I I can only speak for 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 us, but I, I you know I do feel that that this context around technology and, and looking to continuously improve um, the, the the traditional methods and approaches of risk management have evolved they've changed um, and you know for years the industry talks about you know, has been talking about predictive analytics and leading indicators and, and so on and so forth but what this day what this technology gives you is predictive indicators in a way that's step changed beyond what the traditional model of, of the, the safety industry would have spoken about. Um, and I think the Internet of Things was the start of that, and the industrial Internet of Things certainly. Um, but but now this is almost moving beyond that into, you know, as you say, into the wearables world and into that digitized data that, that allows us to go and analyze things that, that in, in ways that we would never have seen before. So, Cormac, you know, we... Um... Obviously, COVID hit, you know, come March of this year. Like, how has that impacted your operations and and just the challenge of keeping uh, two hundred and fifty thousand strong workforce safe? Yeah, it's been it's been a, a fun couple of months, six months, seven months. <laughs> um, so you know, it's it's um, you know, our top priority has been obviously the safety of our of our employees. We've got our manufacturing teams, our sales teams continue to work. They were deemed essential workers, food and beverage workers. And so, you know, the priority shifted very rapidly to securing the right personal protective equipment for these employees, making sure we had the right protocols in place for, for managing, um, managing people who had contracted by, who contracted symptoms. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work on testing strategies and, and, and so on. Um, it, it's been relentless for the last six months. The focus of the organization um, has been, I would say, exclusively focused on making sure our employees are are safe and and that we're not putting anybody in harm's uh, in, in harm's way. Um, so you know, it's been it's been interesting from that point of view. You know, it's almost like all of the traditional work we used to do, like you know, the ergonomics work and the fleet safety work and. All of that continues, uh, but but on top of you know this additional layer of complexity and, and focus on COVID nineteen. Um, so the teams across across our organisation have just done phenomenal work over the last the last six seven months. Um, 
to kind of maintain that focus, maintain our performance and from a safety point of view, while embracing being agile and embracing this whole new set of behaviors around COVID-19. Um, and of course, it's impacted our deployment of things like the wearables because people are not traveling as much. We're not, you know, we're, we're not sending people into, into our manufacturing plants unless there's a real business essential reason to do so. So we're still deploying, but the, the cadence of the deployment was, was impacted by that. So, um, and then Cormac, the, I guess, you know, to end on a sort of a note looking towards the future, you know, we, we've often had conversations around sort of the role automation plays and some of the efforts around automation. Like, what are your thoughts on that front? Yeah, I mean, you know, I know a couple of years ago, a lot of conversations about, you know, how we're going to have driverless fleet in the next five years and, and you know, things like that. And, um we're still probably five years from driverless leave. So, you know, I, I, you know, I think, I think the, the, the promise of technology is, is um, enticing and, and it's motivating for, for organizations. And it's, it's, it's very, very exciting. Um, but the maturity is not always there and the technology, when you start to actually, you know, how do you replace or how do you, layer technology in to solve for a particular problem. Now, you know, having said that, we have, you know, the automation agenda within within our organization has step changed dramatically over the last five, six, seven years. And so I'm sure lots of other companies are seeing the same thing where you where you have automated warehouses occurring, you know, uh, automatic storage and retrieval systems. We have a lot of cobotics now emerging, arriving into our into our manufacturing location. So, you know, and it's not the nature of work is changing for, for in, in certain in certain um, circumstances, um, and so you know that's that's something we have to be cognizant of as well, and, and make sure you know we're we're training people to adopt to that nature that changing nature of work. Um, but, you know, technology is, you know, it's going to, we're, we're, we're going to continue to see a significant step change in industry embracing, embracing um, technology. And, and, you know, I, I don't see that slowing down. I see it accelerating. Um, and, and I think, you know, solutions like what we're talking about, you know, integrating wearable technology with your workforce is going to be a fundamental part of that. Of, of that uh, future kind of space of, of automation. Yeah, and, and so, you know, my experience is sort of similar. I, I have a PhD in robotics, and I remember when, when I finished, I was predicting 2020 we would have driverless fleets and warehouses that would just have engineers in them uh, fixing the robots. And, and, and obviously my, my prediction was, was slightly off. But, but, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, from our perspective, like we think that until automation is more mature and can take over more jobs, like really the opportunity now is to, you know, provide technology and combine it with the existing workforce. So you're almost like augmenting your existing workforce as opposed to sort of replacing them. Uh, and I think that will, that trend will last for at least another 20 years. And we'll see, you know, workers wearing more and more devices on their bodies, sort of wearing portable computers, essentially, which will have smaller and more discrete form factors, but really enhancing safety, enhancing productivity. Um, and so I think this, this reality of sort of the connected worker or connected workforce is going to be something we'll be talking about. And we're just starting. So we'll be talking about that, I'm sure, for the next, you know, 10, 20 years. Fully agree. Yeah. Great. Well, Cormac, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure talking to you. 
Likewise. Thanks, Adam.